I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Did they like, play this game tomorrow morning? Yeah, it's not a good promo. <laughs> Just not a good promo. Play the game at 12.01 on Saturday morning. Just try to break the string here a little bit. <laughs> uh, not good for the late. The, the only difference here between some of those other games, played a Thursday night game, and they didn't get a chance to hide behind a Saturday and a Sunday before we got a chance to talk about them. But, uh, yeah, that's that's been the last four, four Friday nights for the Lakers. All of them losses, all of them games that you expected. Remember the game even at Boston? That was the first game LeBron came back. Sure. Uh, so everyone had a storyline. The result was all the same. Okay, I'm going to put together a scenario here for you, Al, and you tell me if you want to be the head coach in this scenario. Okay. You come into the team, uh, the season, I should say. I'll take with, it. With championship aspirations. Mm-hmm. You have one of the greatest players in the history of your sport on your team who's still playing at an incredibly high level. You have another guy on your team that is widely considered one of the best players in the league and a player that most teams in the league would build their franchise around given the chance. Yep. You have another player on your team that's a recent acquisition that is a deadlock cinch Hall of Fame player, mm-hmm. okay, that's still in, in the meat of the prime of his career. You also had a couple of other Hall of Famers that are maybe not in their primes but still effective players. You have a team that had its longest offseason in a long time that could get healthy and get ready to go. You come in and you're average. And then you're average, and then you're average, and then sometimes you're worse than average. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of noise starts to perkle up about your job safety. And the best player on your team says, eh, you know, yeah, he's, he's a pretty good coach. We've got a good staff, but, you know, we got to figure some stuff out. Nobody comes out banging the table in your defense. The owner of the team has asked the same question, and her response is, well, what do you want me to say here? We're, we, we, I can't evaluate this until we get healthy. You've lost to arguably one of the worst teams in the league twice. You've blown big leads. You finally put together a good game on the heels of people questioning your job, and then a couple of nights later you go on the road and lose to a team without its two best players. And now you're going into a team that you've already lost to twice, that's only won six other games all season long. You had a chance to lose to them for the third time all season. You want that job? Because that's where Frank Vogel is. That's where he is right now, and I, I, I'm, I'm not saying if they lose tonight he gets fired. I'm saying if they lose tonight, I wouldn't be surprised if he got fired because this is how you get yourself fired. That arc that I just described is how guys get clipped. That was the worst timeshare pitch I've ever, I've ever heard. Uh, I'm signing up for that. Uh, now, I, listen, I, I get it. Everything you said um, is fair, and I, I don't think – listen – uh, Vogel understands what's at stake. He does. I mean, he, the guy has been around the NBA for a long time. He's won an NBA championship. He had a great run in Indiana when it was Paul George and it was uh, Hibbert and uh, Lance Stevenson. Some of those guys there. He took Miami to seven games. The guy, the guy understands the league. He knows how it works. Especially if you're on a franchise like the Los Angeles Lakers, who have expectations. Right. That's the key. The key is what are the expectations? Because. Uh, let me ask you this question. Are the Lakers the most popular team in the NBA? Yes. Okay. 
And, and t- to be honest, I don't think it's close. Like when I, don't I either. when I when I hear people try to say, "Well, the Knicks are the bi- Stop. no." The, Stop. Exactly. Stop that conversation. Yeah. So the Lakers are the most popular franchise in the NBA. Is LeBron James the most popular athlete in uh, in, in the NBA? Yes. Not even like I almost don't even want to say the NBA because what I should be saying is he the most popular athlete in sports around the be. world. Him and then there's Messi you know and Ronaldo and those exactly. guys. He's on that level. Yeah. Put him wherever you put him. Lewis Hamilton. Perfect. Thank you for adding him. I almost I almost forgot. Sir Lewis Hamilton, he was recently knighted. Was this the dude you were trying to get me to watch the? Uh, you were yeah. trying to get me to watch that? Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you you were a big fan of that little the Netflix series or whatever it was. Yeah. Drive to so, survive. So, you take that combination of expectations, the Laker brand, LeBron James. Volvo understands what's happening here. It's not like anybody. You cannot tell me that he doesn't go home, or at least last night when they're flying to OKC, saying this is bad. This is really is. this is really really bad, and you know from an individual perspective for himself, um, I, I've said this and you've kind of commented on it before. Do I think this is all on Vogel? No, I don't. I, I really either. really don't. But there's always going to be a blame guy. Number one and number two, when you have expectations, when when Vegas says it's Brooklyn and the Lakers one and two, and you're nowhere near that conversation. Um, it's only going to get louder and louder, and the only way to shut it up is win. The problem with the Lakers is they're not shutting it up and winning. That that's that's the biggest issue there. Yeah, no, they're not, and, and they're not. It's the opposite of that. They're throwing more and more gasoline onto the fire by performances like we saw last night, and and I think there was a turning point last night because uh, Taylor grabbed the Frank Vogel sound for me really quickly here. I, I want to play the sound of him after the game, and I want you to listen to all of the items that he runs down as to what they did not do well through the course of their loss last night to Memphis. Okay. We were slow to lose balls. We were too casual. The energy shifted, and we couldn't get it back. We didn't rebound the basketball. What do all four of those things have in common? They all have um, to do with effort. I was going to say, yeah, this, this, you're either trying or you're not trying, as in you care or you don't care. Yeah, if you're getting the loose balls, it's because you care, that you're, you're on the floor, you're trying to get there, you're hustling at least equally to the other guy. You're talk- too casual is a terribly, terrible thing to describe about your team. Too, and too accurate. Casual- and yeah, accurate. for sure accurate. Yep. But again, yep. he, he's not wrong in any of these descriptions. But the problem is, Alan, I said this yesterday, Yeah. when you're talking about effort, when you're talking about defense, when you're talking about loose balls, when you're talking about rebounding, these are things that the coach is responsible for. Coach can't make shots. Nope. The, co- the, the, the coach can't be, you know, if Russell Westbrook has a night where he turns it over eight or nine times, you know, the only thing you can really do is take him out of the game. You know, he, but sometimes those are turnovers of aggression. There are some nights where the ball just doesn't go in the basket. There are some nights where Steph Curry's going to have 40 points and just mm-hmm. cook you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Effort, casual, not, not hustling for loose balls. These are things that are reflective of them not competing night in and night out, and that's a reflection of the coach. And that's why, and, and he knows this, and you said it a minute ago. I'm not saying he should get fired. I'm saying this is the recipe as to how a guy does get fired. So the 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 front office, if the front office is looking at the situation with the Lakers, this is what they'll look at. They'll look at it and say, okay, how are individual players doing? 
all right, um, we're struggling from the three-point line. You know what? Uh, Anthony Davis can definitely be more aggressive. Um, how's our defense looking? Are we trying different lineups? If something's not working, are they going to try something different? Hey, the front office pays attention to all that stuff, right? They're curious. Okay, well, why? How can we plug this in or that in? Is there something we could do with the trade deadline to help with this? If this player comes back from an injury, how much is he going to be able to help? But the front office also looks at, does the coach have the room? Are the players listening to the coach? Um, if they don't, then that's, you know, obviously that's the first indication for our front office to say, well, we can't fix that. Like, you see what I'm saying? That if, and this is, that's why I always go back to this. It's unfair towards the coach. It is on the players to go out there and make sure that if there is a 50-50 ball, yeah, it's it's a true 50-50 ball, right? It is on the players to be less careless with the ball and not have 22 turnovers, 14 in the first half like they had yesterday. But the, the point that you were making about if he doesn't have the room or if they're not fighting for him, um, and I can't give you an answer of whether that's happening or not. All I could do is just watch 26 Laker games and use yesterday as an example. They are not fighting. And, and it, it might have nothing to do with Vogel, but they're not fighting. Just that, that term right there in, in general, they're not fighting to win these games. They're not taking an uppercut, hitting the canvas, and then deciding, well, that was a great shot, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight right back. I don't see that from the Lakers. I see other squads fighting much more than I see the Lakers fighting. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Let's try another phone call here on our Dr. Pepper call-in line. Let's go to Kathy in Redondo Beach. Kathy, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hi. Hey. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, Kathy. Thank you for calling in. I'm good. Listen, I have a couple of points, if you'll just allow me the time. Real quick, the number one, um, I would suggest, I'm just going to really suggest, recommend, and advise, that maybe their problem is that they're not aligned on their spine. Like, see, I one of my com- edges in the course of my careers is I had seen Dr. David Dower, D-A-U-E-R, and he's the only one with three degrees in chiropractic, Chinese acupuncture, sure. herbs, a doctorate, teacher, and professor, and he used to treat Jerry Robinson when he was on the Raiders, Oleander Holyfield before he went in the ring. Who, who, I'm and sorry, had- who, who, hold on, hold on. Who Holyfield? Oleander, how do you say it? Oleander Holyfield? Evander. 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 Oleander is a flower. Evander is a flower. I get it mixed up. Okay. But, I mean, I had read their testimonies, and when Dr. Dow was on Avenue I and on Hawthorne Boulevard Torrance, he still does come to town here in Hermosa Beach on the corner of Aviation and Prospect at the Mm -hmm. uh, Back Care Institute where he shares an office with Dr. Holtzinger. But he comes every other Sunday, I think, Wednesday or Friday afternoons between 3 and 9. And I, I think a lot of it's that. I think those guys are weak in areas they don't know. And that could be, like, brought out in a matter of minutes, and they branch out like racehorses. Secondly... Uh, let, let, me, let me jump in on yeah, you real quick, Kathy. Um, there, Al, what do, you, what do you think? Do you think that maybe AD's spine is not aligned properly? Do you think that could have uh, some sort of first connectivity of all, to what they're first not of all, doing in Memphis? Let me say, in thank you for calling in. We appreciate you calling in. Uh, I'm not smart enough to break down to break that down. I'm just not. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you ever been from, to see a chiropractor? From whatever I've seen, from I could use one. I could use one right now as well. Maybe that's why you know. There's times where I'm very average when it comes to the radio side of things. My back's not straight. 
Uh, yeah. I'm slouching. I kind of do what you do in the third hour, where first hour you're I'm up, chilling. you're attentive. By the third hour, you're laying down like this. I think she's uh, onto something. She might be well, onto something. Look, I mean, it's 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 a theory that, that we've we've talked about other theories that that haven't seemed to pan out. I are, are uh, Lindsay, are you a chiropractor person? Have you been? I've never been to one. I should probably go to one because now that I know that it could be something as simple as that. And then I could be off to the racehorses. Then maybe I need to get fixed. <laughs> you never know. You know, I, I haven't been either. Taylor, you're the la- you're my last hope. Have you have you been to a chiropractor? No, I think they're all quacks. <laughs> okay, so we're zero for four. So maybe maybe we're all idiots. Maybe maybe we uh, need to get adjust. It's called adjusted, I think, right? Where they go in there and they manipulate you and you you feel better. So I don't know. I, at this point, Trap, I don't care if we're, we're in bur- studio. Next time we're in studio. I want you to lay on your stomach on the ground, and I'll 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 get you I'll get you back. That's like burn sage, get your spine aligned. You know, carry a rabbit's foot. I don't care. I'm really I'm willing to try anything at this point to see if we can get them going a little bit more. Of your phone calls coming up. Plus, we're going to talk more about where the Lakers are, and in particular, can we talk AD? I want to talk Anthony say, Davis. I want to play that cut from Anthony Davis yeah. talking about being underdogs, which just makes me see red. It just doesn't make any sense at all. That's next. Travis Lee, seven ten, ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Clear out that I think is spot on. And unfortunately, I think mm-hmm. it's spot on that, you know, we, we, we've been looking at Anthony Davis since he came here from uh, New Orleans to, you know, not, not just be a great player alongside LeBron, but kind of show that he's ready to assume the mantle of the next great Laker, the, the next the next best player on the team to go win a championship. And you said it a minute ago, you feel like it, it, never mind that, we're going in the wrong direction. He's headed the other way. I, I, don't, I, I don't spend too much time on this because I think the conversation's not fair all the time. If you just look at somebody's stats, it really, really does not tell the story. You can't. I mean, if uh, it's almost the equivalent of looking at somebody's resume but not having a conversation with them, not kind of having an opportunity to what's this personality like? Would they be a good vibe? Like, you know, Just kind of go through. There's a lot more to it than just the resume or just the numbers or stats. You tell me what you've seen this year that does not tell you that he's going backwards at best, at best. Right. He is similar to what he was last season. But I, 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 last season, at least, I could tell you that there was the you had the short off season. Uh, you know he was banged up. You know that he wasn't healthy. You know that he was kind of trying to his body needed some time to heal. It didn't get the proper amount of time that he needed. This season, I, I can't say that. But what I can tell you is, watching the games night in and night out, um, the numbers say one thing. The eye test is a completely different thing. How is this the same player that it was 14 months ago? It's not. It's not the same player. I. I I hate using this as a as an example here. He's getting pushed around down low, in my mm-hmm. opinion. There's a lot of times where um, it, it just you you don't feel his presence, and and that part is 
incredibly disappointing, and maybe that's what we should be spending more of our conversation on because unless that piece changes, unless he goes back in and starts dominating games against Jaron Jackson Jr. or Steven Adams or whoever the hell they're trying to throw at him, uh, Robert Williams III for the Celtics, whatever the case, unless he starts just dominating his position, maybe it's a 500 team until something like that changes. Travis Lee's brought you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. So here, here's the thing. I agree with everything you said. Um, but we're waiting for this thing, right? You're talking about, you know, until he starts to do X, Y, and Z, the Lakers are going to be stuck where they're stuck. Um, I want to play this for you from after last night's game and what he said, and I think this is why you're frustrated, I'm frustrated, Laker fans are frustrated, and I think it's a glimpse – into his mind and his mindset and the way that he views his status here in the NBA because he's talking about somebody and a team and himself that he shouldn't be talking about it like this. Take a listen. Dude, you are not on the Minnesota Timberwolves. You are not on the New Orleans Pelicans or the Orlando Magic or the Oklahoma City Thunder. You are one of the best players in the league, presumably, on the Los Angeles Lakers. You are not an underdog. And I, I, I understand what he said. We need to play like we're underdogs. No, 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 stop. That's ludicrous. You need to play like a damn all-star. You need to play like you're one of the best players in the league. You need to play like you are equals with LeBron James, and he's one of the best players in the league, and you're one of the best players in the league. we got another Hall of Famer over there named Russell Westbrook and another one over there named Carmelo Anthony and another one over there named Dwight Howard. We're not coming in here playing like we got a chip on our shoulder and we're underdogs. We're going to come in here like we're the biggest, baddest you-know-what's in this league, and we're going to kick your ass, and there's nothing you can do to stop it because I'm better than you underdogs i mean what what in the world are we talking about here i want to let you just keep going there i was almost it's, it's, I almost, it's, it's I, ridiculous. Well, I, I almost felt like i was at church and you were preaching to me and i'm like you let me hear more let me it's, hear more you know i want the service to continue it's just such an it's just such a little window into what we're that do you think kobe ever went out there and thought you know i'm just gonna play here like you know where do the scrappy upstarts he's damn i'm kobe Bryant. i'm here to break you in half Okay, so get get ready for this because I'm doing this and this is going to happen and I don't care whether you're trying real hard. I'm going to win the game tonight because I'm a better player than you. You're I get the concept of what he's saying. And I know you understand the concept. The concept of what he's saying is we we take the we approach the game too casual. We we walk into these games um where we just Everybody looks at us like, okay, hey, we are the Lakers. Look at the names on the back of these jerseys. How many Hall of Famers do the Lakers have? Look at all these vets. How many championships can you add up between the squad? What he's trying to basically say is you can't have that approach anymore. we got to stop talking. We have almost – they've convinced themselves that they're going to walk onto a court and people are going to lay down. We've had plenty of examples this year. Squads are not laying down. Squads are not looking at the Lakers, and they're intimidated by Anthony Davis. They're not intimidated by Russell Westbrook. They're not intimidated by LeBron James. They're not intimidated by Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard. Go down the list of every player you want to talk about, whether they're in their prime, whether they're past their prime, whether they're a Hall of Famer or they're not. They're not intimidated about. Uh, uh, they're not intimidated about the Lakers. So I, I present that to you, Trav, because. I get what he's conceptually saying, but you're, how do I disagree with what you just kind of fired back on? What, what do you mean an underdog? What do you, 
What do you it, the the I'll tell you an underdog. You want to know an underdog? It's the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> Oklahoma that's, City Thunder. That's an underdog. Yeah. The Sacramento Kings. That's an underdog. The um, the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. That's supposed to be an underdog. Go down the list of all these different teams that the Lakers have lost to. Those are supposed to be underdogs. You know, I I think we. If I told you right now, so they're 15 games away from the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Okay, 15 games away. You think they're going to go ten and five in these next fifteen games? And they'll they'll be seven and eight or eight and seven. That's what okay. they've done all season long. Okay, I don't think they're going to go ten and five, and obviously you don't think they're going to go ten and five. Which means that at best, if they went ten and five, they're five games over five hundred by the time you get to the halfway point. That's not happening. They're going to probably be a game over two games, maybe three games at best over five hundred, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So really, what you're saying as far as a standings perspective, as far as kind of big picture perspective, you're now going to be fighting with just all these other teams that actually have more excuses than you. Clippers have a real excuse. Kawhi's not there. Their best player is not playing. Yes. Denver has a legitimate excuse because Jamal Murray, Jokic has been out. They have real, genuine excuses. The Lakers, um, I don't know what their excuses are, and I only bring that up because I don't think it's going to get easier as the season progresses. It's not going to get easier. That's exactly right, Al. There are no – LeBron James, I know he's missed some time, but he's been here a lot too. Anthony Davis has been here more or less every night. Russell Westbrook's been here every night. The, the, the excuses that you just and laid out. And the teams they lost teams. against and blah, and they've blah, played, blah. Yep. they've played a schedule that is yep. about as favorable as you could ask for. They're, they're, if anything, their record is not reflective of how they've played because they've played so many bad teams. They actually may be a little bit worse than the 500 team that they've put up there. Now, they're not – and this is why last night I felt like – it really changed for me because yeah. I, I really did think that they were going to win last night. I really did think that after seeing the Sacramento half, after seeing the, the Boston Celtics game, and we had a caller earlier say this, and, and, and he was right. I know Boston's average. I know that Jalen Brown didn't play, but the Lakers look good, and, and I'll take it. And I thought that, okay, these are baby steps, but at least they're steps in the right direction. And then what we saw last night, it's just like, come on, man. Come on, man. It's really hard to get fired up about that. Let's try another phone call. Let's go to our uh, Dr. Pepper call in line. Let's go to Roderick in San Diego. Roderick, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I actually got two things. I want to sneak in and ask Slee if I could. But my first thing is I don't think the Lakers should let um, Coach Vogel go because, I mean, he's only playing the cards he was dope. It's not like you can – give old cold cuts to Gordon Ramsay and expect him <laughs> to make a piece for the team. You know, Travis, sure. I know you'll respect that because I know how you love how you love food. Yeah, but, right. Uh, my Absolutely. Ask is, uh, my ask Slee is, uh, Slee, if you're at the Mandy Awards and the DJ plays your favorite jam, are you going to go with your SoFi Stadium sprinkler dance or have you been working on any new dances? <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a great question, by the way. Uh, here's here's what's going to happen, first of all. I already told you this. I think I told you this about a month ago when they were just kind of announcing the awards show and everything else. I think uh, I think I'm going hard to the hoop on that uh, on that night. I keep, look, I'm, you do you, brother. I think I'm, I'm just going hard to the hoop. It's, it's risky, but it's, it's bold. I, I respect the boldness. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not a – I'm a – what kind of drunk are you? Just out of curiosity, what kind of drunk are you? I'm a happy drunk. I, I yeah, I, I have a good time. I yeah. That's why you yeah. like weddings. You know, I love open weddings. bar, all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm not a troublemaker. That's yeah. not my deal. Okay. At all. So, 
Same thing. I'm not one to, uh, you know, have a, a few bourbons and all of a sudden I take off my shirt and I just have my wife beater on and I'm sitting over at the bar saying, just somebody look at me. Just somebody take a look. Swinging your suit jacket over your head. I, I, I like yeah, that idea. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, before we look, Roderick, hopefully you're still listening. I'm going to need you to call at least once a week. That was fantastic. That was whether good. It, whether it's during Ask Slee or, or whatever you would like, because I like the Gordon Ramsay with the cold cuts, and I really like the uh, the Ask Slee. All right, let, let's keep it going. We got lots more phone calls to get to Slee. We'll cut those uh, coming up in just a little bit. It's Travis Slee, seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're uh, we're taking Laker calls here. By the way, Lakers another game early uh, pregame show. So, uh, Trav three thirty pregame show will start. Tip off will be again at five p.m. Uh, Lakers taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, I got a stat hero of the day for you, uh, T. Raj. Okay. So stat hero of the day. This is you know unique. Unfortunately, it happened yesterday after the Lakers lost um, against the uh, or during uh, as the Lakers lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. So LeBron got his hundredth career triple-double in that loss against the Grizzlies. So it, it puts him in a very interesting class. So only four other players. He's the fifth player all-time with mm. 100-plus triple-doubles. So Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, Russell Westbrook. So those are the uh, those are the five. So obviously, even though decent it was a loss. Of, decent group of five players. <laughs> hero of the day, LeBron James, Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy Sportsbook, that gives a player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. It's such an amazing stat because it's Westbrook, Magic Kid, and Oscar, Oscar Robertson. Robertson. Yeah, I mean, then LeBron is one of those guys, too, that he's going to, when it's all said and done, he's going to have more points than everyone else, too. So he's rebounding the ball, yep. he's dishing it to other people, yeah. and he's also going to score more points than no, anyone else no. in history. You, you want the other just most ridiculous stat of it all? He'll probably be top five in assists all time. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, what do you mean you're putting the ball in the bucket that often you're one of the greatest to ever do it, but you're also going to go out there and have the same, you know, have more assists than guys like Jason Kidd or Magic or Stockton. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? You, you know how we were talking the other day, and 
I don't we remember. T- we, we were saying about Wilt and how you go back and look at those oh, yeah, stats. Yeah. You're like, yep. that doesn't even make any sense. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean he averaged 50 points a game or he averaged 30 rebounds a night? They're just, huh? There's no way that that's actually what was going on. The fact of the matter is, that's what it's going to be like. You know, fast forward 50 years from now, 60 years sure. from now, whatever it is. People are going to look at LeBron and go, wait, he, wait, he did what? He, he had how many triple doubles and, and he wasn't a point guard? He had how many points and, and, and he's, he had how many? It's just, it's not going to make, he went to the finals how many times in his career? The, these are the things we'll be saying about, or maybe not you and me, but our, our children and grandchildren will be saying about LeBron, just the numbers that he's stacking up. What do you think, you know, for our show in 50 or 60 years, how much are we going to be talking about that personally, you and I? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't like our chances. I, I, I look, if you told me, if you gave me fifty months right now, I'd sign up and say, I'll take it and just great run. run the other direction. Absolutely, great run. fifty, uh, fifty years. I don't think so. All right, let's try another phone call here on our Dr Pepper call in line. Uh, Anaheim, Gary, Gary, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Gary? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, my question is this: uh, You were talking earlier about uh, the lack of effort on the part of the Lakers. Given the amount of, uh, I guess you would call it credibility or street cred or whatever that LeBron has, uh, I just wonder if you give any thought to the fact that maybe LeBron actually wants to get Vogel fired. Um, no, I have not given that any thought. Um, I think uh, you know, Trav. Here's the bottom line: It's not like LeBron James can't make his voice heard at any moment or situation. Before a couple years ago, when they hired you know Frank Vogel, if if I'm assuming this. If he was adamant, hey, I don't want Vogel to be the coach, you know what, there's probably a good chance that maybe Vogel wouldn't have been the coach. Of course. Um, If after last season, let's just use last season as an example, Lakers lost and they didn't win that NBA championship, or they won the championship and then they lose the following year, if he felt like, hey, I don't like the direction this team is going in, um, I'm sure he can make his voice heard and let people know how he feels. Um, the reality is it just comes down to results. You're getting results or you're not. And the finger will be pointed at your coach. It is not in the best interest of LeBron James or any of these guys um, to not give it everything they got, to not uh, be in the hunt in the Western Conference, to sit here on a sports radio show every single morning where you and I are more critical about them rather than more praising them. I don't think it's in anybody's interest. So to answer the question, no. I don't think I, – I, I think there's a lot of room. There's a lot of real estate between this is my favorite coach I've ever played with and I'm actively trying to get you fired. I think there's a million stops on that train along the way. I don't think he's trying to get anybody fired. I don't think that's what he's doing. But I do think there is somewhere along the line of I don't care if he does or he doesn't. I, I, think, I think that that is probably something that is – in the mix at some point. I'm not saying that he's there right now, but there comes a point where, hey, this really isn't working, and if we want to make a change, I'm okay with that. If you want to keep him, I'm also okay with that as well because you're right. If he wanted him out, I really do think all it would take is a conversation of, hey, listen, he's lost us. We're, we're not where we need to be, and that's the problem, and I think very quickly he would be moved out. I don't think he would have been brought here in the first place had he not been signed off on. by. Le- and, and this is not a LeBron thing. This is best player on a team thing. Mm-hmm. That, that, that there are some guys that get an opportunity to say, hey, dude, Steve Nash would not be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets if Kevin Durant wasn't feeling it. Sure. That, that's just that's just the way that it Jason goes. Kidd's not the head coach of the Mavs right. unless Luka has some type of say in it. Of course. So there's that, but I, I I'm telling you, whether LeBron loves him, doesn't like him, or whatever it might be, 
The answer he gave a couple of days ago I thought was telling by what he didn't say, by what Jeannie Buss didn't say a couple of days ago is telling, by what he said, Frank Vogel said last night about all the things that we've talked about. They were too slow. They were too casual. The energy shift. We didn't rebound. These are all the things that start to bubble up when the coach is in trouble. But Whether I, he should be or not, different category. Is he? I really, truly believe he is. Trav, but you know how you say that you were expecting, you want to hear something from Braun or you want to hear something from Jeannie. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, I'm okay with what they said because I think the reality is, yeah, we are trying to win a chip, and if this ish don't turn around anytime soon, we're not going to sit here and continue to do the exact same thing. You know, Jeannie had mentioned, well, how am I supposed to gauge this unless we're 100% healthy? Um, I think, I think you know, to an extent of that, you could say, okay, yeah, but if you're also – if Trevor Ariza is going to come back or Kendrick Nunn's going to come back and all of a sudden they're now winning 65 70% of their games, then maybe we have really undervalued those two players. But I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen. No. But, no, but, that, I mean, but I, listening, I, to, listening to them say what they said, I didn't have an issue with because – what are you supposed to do if you're 41 games in and you're a game or two below 500 and you're sitting in eighth place in the Western Conference? You're supposed to make some kind of change. Yeah, they're they're in a really weird spot because the time is, is going quickly. They've Another week has gone by out. They're still a 500 team. So let's try another one here. Oxnard and Mark. Mark, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Mark? You know, first off, it's Laker game until I die, man. So anyways... Anthony Davis is playing scared, man. He's playing not to get hurt. He's playing very gingerly like he's trying not to tear that Achilles. I'm telling you, one minute you're like, there's, there he is. And the next minute you're like, where the heck is this guy doing out there? Basically running, you know, not running the floor, you know, not being a beast, you know, top five player in the world, you know. If he doesn't change his mindset, we'll stick a fork in us, we're cooked, man, you know. Well, okay, so I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Mark, but there's two things here, right? Like it, you're saying, hey, you, he's playing like he's trying to avoid getting hurt, which makes sense, at least on some level, and then there's change your mindset. I don't think guys change their mindset. I think I think that we all – But isn't he going Travis backwards? Rogers, but isn't he going backwards? I See, you keep saying that, and, and he's playing he's – he's not playing like he has in the past. I agree with you on that. Anthony Davis has never been a dog. Never. Never. He he has moments where he's extraordinary. Well, he doesn't have to be KG. He doesn't no, have to be one of those players. But this idea that that you know he's gonna be just a guy that's just an ass kicker every night. He's just not. That's just not who he, he's never been. That he's extraordinarily talented. He's one of the best players in the league when he's playing at his best. But I mean, how many different times have we talked about the question about whether or not Anthony Davis is a dog? He's not. He you know Shaq. Yep. Kobe, yep. LeBron, yep. KD, yep. Steph Curry, yep. You know it when you see it. And 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 the the question is never, hey, do you, it, let me ask you this, Al. Is John Morant a dog? I I don't. I have a difficult time trying to. Who's selling us that AD is a dog? What? Nobody now. I think. I think that's uh-huh. my point. I think everybody has gotten to the point where it's like, oh yeah. But I think there there was the school of thought. John Morant is a, a dog, yes. Of course he is. He is a dog. Of yep. course he is. Yep. But there was this idea, no, no, he he's going to. You wait. Wait till he just finds that gear. Wait till he starts doing. It's yep. like, guys, it's not in there. It's not. You don't buy it in a store. You don't get it taught from a coach. A teammate doesn't challenge you and you step into it. You are or you I, aren't, and Can I tell not. you something? The problem is I don't even – I'm not even looking for that conversation. I, I don't – okay, let's say he's not – he's never going to become the dog that you and I want – Giannis is a dog, right? Mm-hmm. Part of Giannis's skill set 
is because he lacks certain skills and he's not as just an all-round basketball player. He's not as skilled as Anthony Davis. He can't step out and do this from the perimeter or have this jab step or any of those things. So he's more of a dog because I think that's a big part of his game, right? Or, or maybe there's other reasons to it as well. People are overlooking him. He wasn't a number one pick, blah, blah, blah. You could add those all to the list. He doesn't. Anthony Davis doesn't need to be a dog like Giannis, but what he can't be is, where is he? Yeah. Where is he? You know, it, it, you, you can't go through games where you, 15 minutes go by, and I'm like, I, I forgot this guy was on the floor, or he's not on the floor, and you didn't feel the impact, like a difference one like way or the other. Like he wasn't gone, right? Yes. Yeah, no, it's, look, it, I'm going to put a ball on this as best I can. We've talked about 10 different things today. And that's the problem with the Lakers. We've talked about Frank Vogel. We've talked about turnovers. We've talked about Anthony Davis. We've talked not about not playing effort. up to the competition. We've, we've talked about yep. not playing up to the competition. Mm-hmm. We've talked about you know this guy and that. That's the problem with the Lakers. It's not any of we those. Can't seven pinpoint things. anything. It's yeah. all of those seven things. And when you have eight problems, you don't fix eight problems. You don't have a good team. And, and that's really close to where the Lakers are getting right now to just being an average basketball team. The, the idea of we've seen the Warriors, we've seen the Suns, we've seen the Bucks, we've seen these teams that are playing at a high level. Lakers aren't in a million miles of that right now. And and, and time is not maybe short, but we're deep into the season at this point. They've got to get that squared away. All right, the dump is coming up next. It is Travis Lee. It is 710 ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This one, Al. This is this is pretty great. A uh, weed brownie yep. that has enough THC to get mm-hmm. one thousand people high set a world record. The world's largest THC brownie. That sounds like uh, quite a party. Maybe you need to break yourself off a piece of that before the Mandy's. Well, if you're, no, you're going to go deep. Listen, it was cool that we all uh, we all did that before the show today, just to kind of because because it's Friday and everything else. It was really cool. I'm glad we all did this together. Yeah, I, I, can I tell you, so everybody knows sure. how much I like to eat, right? Everybody knows how much uh, I enjoy going out to dinner and yep. and dining and having a, a really good meal with a good drink, good service. You count your thing. calories. You count your calories, <laughs> yeah, and you're vegan. Me. That's me. I do not get the world's largest blank thing. Like, why Why world's largest burrito or pancake pizza or, or, or yep. pizza? Mm-hmm. Take you, like, why Why are we doing that? I don't I don't want to eat that. You know why. I, I don't, I don't want to be a part why. of that. Why? It's just a show. That's all it is. But Everybody gross. wants the biggest the, thing, this, that, whatever it is. It's always uh, here, it's all here, entertainment part of it. Here, but see, I don't want to be entertained. I want to eat it. I, uh-huh. I, I don't want the world's largest burrito because all I'm seeing is that's wasted burrito ingredient and that's wasted yep. burrito ingredient. I, you know how many real burritos I could consume if we turned this into normal-sized burritos? I've never liked that. What if you Would you rather do spicy than large quantities? Uh, no, I'm never doing that again. You see, okay. you've you 
You I, just, I was just asking the question. No, I, was just, the road. I know. I was just throwing that out there just as just very casual question. No, but it's not casual because you, Janice said the other day, she goes, uh, she's going to bring in some jalapeno poppers, right? Yep. And she goes, when should I bring them in? And I said, well, you can bring them in wherever you want because I don't know if I can do it. I still have not had anything spicy since the sandwich. I've gone not bland, but I have stayed away from anything remotely hot or spicy. Is it weird I've been okay? Like I've been, I've been all right. Happy like for I'm you. still throwing hot sauce on uh, some certain food items. I'm okay, but not that spice. I'm not doing no. That that was crazy. That was all crazy. right. So uh, Elon Musk thinks that he's going to be ready to put chips in people's brains by 2022. That's uh, what three you weeks like... away. <laughs> Four weeks. Yeah, that 2022. Sign put me up. Chips in your uh, Al robots yeah. or brain chips. Oh, brain chips! You gotta. I, I'd rather have brain chips all day long because then I feel like I'm part robotic, right? So like now, I'm with them. At least now we're kind of on, on more equal levels. Here's the thing: I trust Musk. I don't trust most of these other guys. So like Musk with an idea, I don't know why. Thing. Whatever he does, I'm like, oh well, then then we should do that. Like why do we? We should be lining up January first. Like we go. I should go to Trader Joe's, and once I'm at Trader Joe's, also have the option to get a chip put in because Musk told me to. <laughs> and Lindsay, you said sign me up. Why are you anxious to get a brain chip? I mean, our phones are already glued to us as beings anyway. So <laughs> well, you might as well just eliminate the whole screen. You just got to go all in. It's like the yeah. phone is the middleman. Let's get yeah, the middleman exactly. out of the way. Let's get I, the middleman exactly. out of the way. You guys are both right, but at least, can, you know, theoretically, I could yeah. leave my phone at home and go live my life. I can't. But at least theoretically, I could. No, you. I don't can't. need it implanted into my brain. That seems like a, a terrible idea. Well, you sit back in 2021 while Lindsay and I freaking get into 22 ready to go. Yep, All it's right. happening. A pilot has. This is. This kind of goes together with this. A pilot has filmed a fleet of UFOs while flying over the Pacific. So not only have we seen where the Navy has confirmed that UFOs exist, there is video evidence, naval video evidence of them existing, but now a pilot has uh, taken video of a fleet of them in the Pacific Ocean. Get ready. Looking at, I'm looking at the video, or I'm looking at the photo of it. Yeah. Um, does this not look like you and I can snap one of these? Because well, look they like look anything. like yellow balloons, right? Yeah, I don't it, know what it, it is. Well, they're in formation. That's kind of disturbing. But there's, eh, I'm looking at this video. That that's pretty upsetting. I, I just assume it's going to happen any day now. Okay, where there's are gonna... you on this? When you when you read when you see stories like this, are you like, yeah, of course, or are you no? Nah, I don't believe it. Oh no, I fully believe it. I, I I have believed it for a very long time. That you you first of all, you can't convince me that in the entire universe. That we're the only ones here. Not, not a chance. There has to be something else somewhere out there, and mm-hmm. that you, you can't have everybody seeing this stuff every once in a while. Ah, oh, no, no, that's not, that's a weather balloon everywhere that goes. It's in one part of the ocean, and then it pops up on the other side of the ocean six minutes later, nine thousand miles away. We, that, that's a balloon. Yeah, okay. That makes perfect sense. Do me a favor. Watch a lot of these videos tonight, but have some of that brownie that we were talking about earlier, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then go live after the post game show. You could do your own. I'll throw it to you that you're going to do kind of a special, some type of special programming. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't think uh, those two things together, like that whole experience that we're talking about with the brownie, it's supposed to be fun, man. 
It's supposed to be a way to relax. <laughs> I have to say, like, it's supposed to be fun, man. You're supposed to relax. You're supposed to just get, boy, you know, the world's a pretty nice place to be. You feel nice and warm. You're chilling out. I don't need to be thinking about the Independence Day that's starting. How do people uh, find the pod, Al? Let's go back to that. ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. Get the full show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you don't catch it live, available on the podcast. All right, so Al's got Lakers tonight, and uh, we'll be all over them come Monday. They'll have a couple of games. Hopefully they don't do their Friday night thing tonight, and we have something much more positive to talk about. We've got the Rams on Monday Night Football as well. It is Travis and Slee. Mason in Ireland is next, 710 ESPN.